Welcome back. Today we'll be learning um, day three of Parshat Vayigash in the Zohar. I'd like to dedicate this class um, for the Rafua Shalema of my mom, Jacqueline Bat Alia. That Hashem should bless her with a full healing and nachat from her children and grandchildren. Today we're going to do a Hidkashrut to the Tzadikim. We hear it from Fanecha Hashem Lokenu and Okeo Vutenu, then in the school of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Ariya Kadosh. Replying Vital, we will be able to draw down the Chokhmah, the Bina and the Dot, the wisdom, understanding and knowledge of the teachings of the Zohar HaKadosh so we can integrate them fully into our lives and be worth, worthy vessels to receive Hashem's great light and Shefa. Um, follow along with the text I provided. We are on page 208a, paragraph 62 to 68. In the Zohar. Okay, so in this um, section, we're going to be discussing the mystical interpretation of what happened when Yosef finally revealed to his himself to his brothers. Um, we're also going to learn about different types of people and how each type can bring merit and benefit to others. And lastly, we'll explore the theme of the divine mating between the Holy One, Blessed Be He, and Knesset Israel. Um, and when there's union, that's where the blessings are drawn from. So let's start. Um, verse 62. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all that stood by him. So this is that moment when um, Joseph sees his brothers and um, he doesn't want to hold back anymore from the fact that um, he wants to show them the, who he tr- truly is. And so the Zohar is going to explore what actually happened there. Rabbi Chia Patach Mamar. Rabbi Chia opened the discussion with the verse, Pizar Natan Omedet He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Tachazeh. Come and see. The Holy One, blessed be He, created the world. And He made Adam, the first man, the ruler over it all, to be king over everything. Next verse. From this first man, four types of men branched out. Minhon Sadikaya, Minhon Rashaya. Some are righteous, some are wicked, some are foolish, foolish, and some are wise. All of these exist in the world, both the rich and the poor. All of these can bring merit and benefit to each other. So the righteous can bring merit to the wicked. Um, how so? By helping them repent. The wise can bring merit to the foolish. How so? By teaching them. The rich can benefit the poor. How so? By supporting them and providing for their needs. So through these positive actions, man merits life 
everlasting, they're referring to Olam Haba, and attaches himself to the tree of life. Also, this charity that he provides stands forever. As it is written, his righteousness um, endures forever. So here, Rabbi Chia is drawing a parallel between tzedakah and a tzaddik, since they sound similar. Um, and what's triggering this discussion is they're talking about Yosef, who was considered a tzaddik, Yosef had tzaddik, and that he, um, within the context of this week's Parsha, where he was in charge of providing food um, and sustenance to so many people um, who would come to Egypt since there was a famine in the land. Um, so this is a very simple sort of uh, understanding of, um, of the Parsha. It's one perspective. And now we're going to see another perspective that's a little bit more um, mystical. Okay, verse 64. He has distributed freely. He has given the poor. Rabbi Elazar said, Kad barna." When the Holy One, blessed be He, created the universe, He established it upon one pillar named the righteous or the tzaddik. And so the, they're drawing on, uh, Rabbi Elazar is drawing on this um, classic pasuk from, I think, from the Talmud. It said, Tzaddik Yesod Olam that a righteous person is the foundation of the world, that in the merit of righteous people, the world exists. The righteous is the support of the world. It is he who gives water and food and sustenance to all. So just a little um, explanation of where they're going with this is that um, Yosef HaTzadik was the Merkava for the Sephira of Yesod. And so um, the Yesod is the Sephira that is parallel to, you know, there's like um, each Sephira is parallel to different parts of the body. And so Yesod is parallel to the reproductive or organs in the body. And Yosef was considered a Tzadik because he was able to maintain his um, sexual purity, even though he had many temptations in Egypt, he was still, he still um, ma uh, maintained um, his purity. So he was called Yosef at Sadiq. And so he not only is, was he at Sadiq in his, in his own life, but he also was, became a chariot for that Sephir, a Merkava for that Sephir. And he became a mirror for that supernal um, Sephir of Yesod. So Yesod is a Sephira. What it does is it collects, it receives all the, the flow, the energy flow from the upper, um, from the upper Sephirot. And it serves as like a channel, as like the interface through which the spiritual energies flow into the physical world, which is um, symbolized by Malchut, the Sephir of Malchut. So so Yesod is considered masculine and Malchut is represented as feminine. Yesod is the giver, Malchut is the receiver. And what's interesting is that the actual name of Yosef is already hints to this energy of Yesod because Yosef means to collect, to gather, to add. Um, so we see that 
um, he embodied the energy of Yesod and draw, was able to draw down the Shefa, which, um, which he did spiritually, but also physically as, as being one who distributed Shefa to the world, abundance to the world. Okay, so now gonna, they're going to draw on another uh, verse um, from Bereshit, um, from creation, to, to explain this even further. As it is written, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and branched into four streams. So here we're seeing um, a Kabbalistic interpretation of this verse from Genesis about um, the Garden of Eden and how water was flowing from, from the source of Eden out into four different streams. So within the Kabbalistic framework, the way that they explain is that the river is a symbol for Yesod, which was flowing out of Eden. Eden is a symbol for Bina, which is the higher intellect, the sphere of higher intellect, this Chochmah Bina Dat. So the source of the, of the flow to Yesod comes from Bina. And then this river nourishes the garden and the garden is represented by Malchut, which is the feminine receiving from the masculine. So really, as we said, what the Zohar is talking about here is the transfer of energies from the upper spiritual world down into the physical world, from Bina to Malchut and Yesod serving as that channel for that transfer. Okay, let's go on to the next verse, verse 65. So in this verse where it says that um, that the stream separated into four, that the river um, separated into four, it says it parted. So the so the Rabbi Eliezer is asking from where was it parted? What, what is the meaning of the word parted? So he answers that it's the food and drink and sustenance from that river that the garden receives. So he's he's talking about um, Yisod providing for Malchut. Then the drink is further distributed into the four directions of the universe. So what he what they're trying to explain here is that Malchut nourishes the whole world, and Malchut is is a sephira that is is in the divine realm, and in the divine realm we have unity, but then once the flow leaves Malchut and enters into the created universe, it splits off and is separated because the physical world is a place of division. There's so many waiting to be watered and sustained from there. As it is written in Tehillim chapter 145, the eyes of all wait upon you and give them and you give them their food in due season. This is actually um, the Ashray prayer that we say um, a few times a day. And this verse precedes the following verse that comes after this one is when we say that Hashem opens up his hands and fulfills the needs of all of those that are alive. So it's really talking about how the lower world is completely dependent on the upper world for fulfillment and sustenance. So this verse that he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, alludes to the tzaddik, to the righteous. 
Why? Because we're set, we're talking here again about the sefirot that the yisod is the funnel for the supernal sustenance that is flowing down from the upper sefirot to malchut, who is compared to be poor. Malchut is poor just like the moon is compared to Malchut, where the moon doesn't have any light of its own and it's just reflecting the light of the sun. Similar to this here, it's saying that Malchut is poor because Malchut lacks energy of its own and is completely dependent on the upper Sefirot to give it its energy to sustain her. Um, the verse in his charity endures forever is referring to the congregation of Israel. So that, that means the Jewish people. So that is another reference to Malchut. Malchut and Knesset Israel are um, interchangeable, with saying that they are Malchut again. They, they keep repeating the same concept. It's 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 um it's typical Zohar that there's always layers upon layers, but they're reinforcing the same concept. Um, so saying that when Malchut receives um, from Yesod. Uh, then it becomes stable, that the, it gets fulfilled and, beca- and can stand. Omedet la'ad, can, can stand forever. It becomes stable. So through this, she stands united in the secret of peace and wholeness, that when Malchut is receiving from Yesod, she is whole. Um, that when 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 clean meets vessel meets light, when light meets vessel, when when um, the receiver connects with the giver, there's wholeness, and there and wholeness and shleimut equals peace. Shleimut is wholeness is connected to shalom, which is peace. They're they're interconnected. Rasha ira of Okay, so the wicked man shall see it and be vexed. This Tehillim one twelve alludes to the kingdom of the idolaters or negative forces, meaning that when Malchut is receiving, um, or when when Am Yisrael is receiving or when the energy of Malchut is, or the sphere of Malchut is receiving, there are negative forces that are jealous of that reception of that energy. Um, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So verse 66, Come and behold, the kingdom of heaven is Malchut, they're referring to Malchut, is, is like the holy temple. So they're now comparing Malchut to the Bet HaMikdash. So what does it do? It shelters all the poor under the shadow of the Shekhinah. So they're saying that Malchut is the location, i.e. the temple is the location, the place where the flow is received from Yesod and then distributed to the poor. I, the Sefer of Yesod, is called the charity collector because he bestows sustenance upon everybody. And so, like we said earlier, what Yesod is, is a funnel that collects all um, the flow from the upper Sephirot. As it is written, he disperses and gives to the poor. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, the charity collectors receive as much reward as those who, who gave them donations. I think what they're trying to say here is if the charity 
collectors didn't do, wouldn't do their work, then the poor wouldn't receive their charity. So therefore, the collectors have the same share um, in the schut, in the merit of the donors, because they, they both play part in, um, in providing for the poor. Um, I think within the context of the Yisod, um, as as being the funnel that even though it's receiving from the upper sephirot, that this, the source of energy and flow is coming from the upper sephirot, that that yisod still has its own energy um, as as participating in that process of the flow of energy coming down. Okay, verse sixty-seven. So come and behold, when it says Yosef could not restrain himself before all them that stood by him. Um, they all were waiting to receive food and drink from him. But no man stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. So, so, so now the Zohar is going to riff a little bit over the, the word ito, with him. So they're saying, what does it mean with him? Who was with him? They're saying that that alludes to Knesset Israel, to Malchut, that Malchut was with Yosef. Echav, so they're saying, who, who is Echav? What does it mean when it says Echav, the, his brothers? Ilen so they're saying here that the brothers that there is referring to is the, the, the chariots and the forces of angels of whom it is written for my brothers and companions sakes to Helen 122. They're saying that the angels are the brothers and the friends of Malchut. So they're talking about, they're talking about that when Malchut receives its energy, it's surrounded by angels. So he's going to give another explanation about when no man stood with him when he revealed himself to his brothers. So he's saying that what, what's really being discussed here, what's really happening here on a supernal level is that during the time when the Holy One Blessed Be He approached Malchut, um, Congregation of Israel, to meet with her. So Yosef is, this is all symbolic language um, and the Zohar tends to, it doesn't really spell it out, but we have to read between the lines. That what's, what's being talked about here is that Yosef really represents the divine male energy of like Kuchavrihu um, that mated with Knesset Yisrael, which represents Malchut, which is the fem- feminine energy, divine energy. So they're saying that when um, when an intimate act happens, was happening um, between the the masculine and the feminine divine energies, it happens without the presence of angels or any other forces. Um, so again, they're going back again to not, to another explanation of what does it mean when Yosef revealed himself to his brothers. So this is referring to the time when the Holy One Blessed Be He was communing with Israel, like as we were saying before, when there was that mating, that mystical mating. For they alone received the illumination of a union. So when the divine masculine and feminine energies unite, this creates a flow of blessing that shines into the world. 
And so he's saying that only Am Yisrael had that, um, that blessing and no one else had um, access to that blessing. Without connection to the other idolatrous nations. So he's saying that when Hashem provides soul to Israel from above, they receive it alone and not to, and he doesn't give it at the same time to other nations. So in this verse, so they're basically interpreting this verse in, in different ways. So this is another interpretation where they're saying here, when it says brothers, they're referring to Israel, the nation of Israel. So they're going to compare it to another time when, when this was the case. On the eighth day, you shall have a solemn assembly. Shemini Atzeret is the holiday after Sukkot, the last day of Sukkot. Um, for at that time, at this time, the Holy One, blessed be He, is united with Israel alone. So here he's saying, um, the, it's explaining that during the seven days of Sukkot, which is a time of a lot of flow and, and um, shefa coming into the world, it's a time of grace. Hashem provides blessings to Amisal, to the nation of Israel, and to all of the other nations together. They're all they're all receiving the same flow at the same time for the seven days of Sukkot. Um, but on Shemini Atzeret, which is the eighth day after the seven days of Sukkot, Israel alone receives the flow of blessings. So he's trying to differentiate between when. Hashem is, is providing solely for Am Yisrael. For my brothers and companions' sakes. So they're trying to say, in this case, they're not talking about the angels. In this case, they're referring to the nation of Israel. Okay, next verse, verse 68. Rabbi Yasa patach Rabbi Yasa continued. So at the time when the Holy One, blessed be He, will raise the congregation of Israel from the dust, for they mean here from exile. So during the time of Geula, during the time of redemption, and he wishes to take vengeance on the um, idolatrous nations, and Ishiti. It is written, and of the peoples, there was no man with me. Um, as it is written, and no man stood with him. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. So they're trying to say that this is again when it says there was no man with him, that when Hashem bestows grace or a shafa or a bracha um, that comes from a state of union, that it only comes directly for Amisra. Okay, so that's the end of the text. Let's explore now what was some of the takeaways that we got from this uh, learning um, and what it means to us. So firstly, we learn a lot about Yosef, that he was a mirror for the supernal Yasod, the Sephira, that receives blessings from the upper world and channels down to Malchut, which is the physical world. And Yosef was considered a tzaddik not only for um, for his sexual purity, but also a tzaddik is a person who isn't concerned with his own needs, but is rather a person who is able to provide for the needs of other and whatever he receives, he uses for the sake of giving to others. I mean, we can see this in the actual story with Yosef that at the end, when he finally meets his brothers, 
they were worried that he would be upset with them and would be angry with them because they sold him to slavery and that he suffered so much um, because of them. But he was such a tzaddik that he was able to reflect backwards on what happened and see that really Hashem was preparing him in order to be able to provide for his family and that his entire journey was to get him to a place where he could he could take care of his family. So we really see the true quality of, a, of so many qualities of a tzaddik in Yosef. And so how can we learn from Yosef? How can we transform our personal selfish desires to receive for ourselves? And how can we transform our needs to receive and transform it to the receive for the sake of sharing, for the sake of giving, for being channels for others, for blessing in this world, and to, to find ways to, to really serve. How do we serve? How can we contribute to helping others just like a tzaddik does? So we see this as um, one example of in this particular selection where the Zohar is like multi-layered and I'll be the first to say that that I, I personally understand maybe 50% of the time just to be honest what what's happening so I just wanted to um, to preface that there there are going to be selections of the Zohar that are going to be very mysterious and difficult to explain um, and it's meant to be that way. That's how it was written. It wasn't meant to be read so clearly. Um, and that that's part of the magic and the mystery of the Zohar. And that's the beauty of it. Um, and to allow us to connect to it and see what it brings up in each one of us. And so I hope you um, enjoyed that selection. And I look forward to tomorrow. Take care.